1: Hello and welcome in Wednesday edition of the program glad to have you with us today and as always Plenty to get to, complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. We got a little news on Hoosier hysteria. We'll tell you about that here in just a moment. Also, I'd failed to mention this earlier, but uh, Thursday is media day for IU men's basketball. Uh, That's a day where media get an opportunity to talk uh, to Coach Woodson, to ask questions, to interview players, and just get a lot of content in advance of the upcoming season. So that alone will produce a lot of talking points and discussion points for us later this week and really into the start of the season and Hoosier Hysteria, to be quite honest. Media Day always a a big day to learn more about the team, and you can bet there's going to be a lot of people there and a lot of interest on IU with Media Day coming up and uh, the type of season that they are predicted by many to have this year. Welcome into our program. Let's take a look at the Wednesday lineup. The show lineup is a service of Honey Ham in New Albany. Segment one, Lots of news and notes to get to. Uh, We'll talk about a guest rapper. That is going to be at a Hoosier Hysteria on October 7th. Uh, also, some good news for Cody Zeller and Kyle Schwarber, two former IU greats. Of course, Zeller on the basketball court, Schwarber on the baseball field, and some recruiting notes that I want to mention here in this first segment as well. Later in this Wednesday show, we've got Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times. He's the IU beat writer for the Times, the Herald Times, and he joins us on Wednesdays. Lots to get to today, both football and basketball basketball yesterday we spent time talking about iu's win how it happened uh what indiana needs to do to move on in football uh but now we'll break down specifically their opponent Cincinnati with Dustin a little bit later today and get into some basketball stuff also. And then later, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will stop by for his regular Wednesday chat on local sports. A lot of football stuff to get to. We've got a big week of high school football coming up on Friday night. We're not far away from the tournament pairings draw. I know it sounds crazy to say, but we are really moving through the football season. And there are some other local sports headlines that we'll get to today with Josh as well. So stay with us for that coming up later in the program. That's the lineup of service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. A reminder, the Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You can send a question, a comment. You can sound off on IU football, basketball, Whatever it is, I'll do my best to get your question, your comment on the air today. And again, that number is 502-414-1450. Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. And you can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel Every day. Let's get into some headlines for today. Uh, This name doesn't mean a lot to me, and I'm going to bet it probably doesn't mean a lot to most of the listeners of this show. But I understand high school age, college age students are very familiar with a platinum uh, rapper named G Herbo. He is going to be performing uh, at Hoosier Hysteria. When I first saw this announcement yesterday, I thought, gosh you know couldn't you get somebody that the Hoosier faithful would probably be more familiar with the ticket holders that regular attendees would know but if you think about it Hoosier hysteria is a huge recruiting event and so uh, to have all the pyrotechnics and the lights and the, the lasers and the sounds and all the things we've seen recently that have been really top-notch by the production people at IU uh, probably makes sense if this is really a recruiting event. Yes, it's a kickoff event uh, as well for fans and college students for the season, but a young emphasis here, and that's okay. Uh, but G. Herbo, I think uh, Justin Kalin, uh our producer here, told us that he's got an album that comes out a double album that comes out the first half of that uh on october 7 the same day as hoosier hysteria so there you go hoosier hysteria you can see trace jackson davis you can see the hoosiers uh probably a chance to get some autographs and and see things up close and personal and if you've got a young uh, music fan a a young fan of rap g herbo will be in the uh, friendly confines of assembly hall on October 7th. So I'm not sure if that's big news for some of you, but maybe to help make the event a more neat and uh, respected event by potential recruits that'll be there, they, that could be right up their alley and could help Indiana position themselves nicely there. So that is interesting. Also, Cody Zeller, former Hoosier from Washington, Indiana, here in southern Indiana, he has agreed to a contract with the Utah Jazz. It seems that Cody has bounced around here recently, uh, had a nose injury a broken nose that kept him out a lot last year Uh, but he will be back in uniform with the Utah Jazz for the upcoming season of course he was drafted the number four overall pick back in 2013 by the Charlotte Bobcats but his new home this season will be the Utah Jazz also former Hoosier Kyle Schwarber been kind of watching him from a distance this season he's had a hot bat and yesterday he had his 40th home run of the season, uh, so he has had a big year, a big hitting year for Kyle Schwarber now with the Phillies, and good to see him go on to continue have success at the MLB level, and sure had a lot of it here in recent seasons. A couple other notes to mention, Jalen Harrelson is the big name in-state, along with Trent Sicily, and uh, really we watch just about every move he makes, and he's had a lot of college coaches coming in to Fishers High School to watch him over the last few weeks since the fall evaluation period opened up. Announcement yesterday from USA Basketball that Fisher's point guard Harrelson will be invited and playing in the USA junior national team minicamp which is October 7th through the 10th out at Colorado Springs which is the headquarters for USA basketball that's big big news for him he's going to join some of the very best not just 2025 players there's some that will be there but also some of the best players in the country will be at this USA basketball minicamp ultimately uh, trying to make the junior national team which will get an opportunity to play overseas and some of the uh, feeble competitions a little bit later in the year so uh, harrelson with a big opportunity this is always an event that draws a lot of scouts and other folks there to watch Uh, and again if i look just looking scrolling down through the list of others from 2023 2024 and 2025 that will be there just an outstanding who's who list of high school basketball players from across the country right now so that does mean that harrelson will be in colorado springs during Hoosier hysteria. I think there had been discussion that he would likely be there, as will Trent Sicily, uh, he, he will not be able to be there now, so that is a little bit of a loss for IU from a recruiting standpoint. But Goss Harrelson has been on campus a lot recently. He was at a football game recently, uh, was on campus right away as soon as he could head to campuses for unofficial visits. Indiana was one of the first, along with Purdue, that got a chance to have him in. But a big opportunity on a national level for him, and that's where Jalen Harrelson is headed A national level. He's got Big Ten interest. He's got a lot of Midwest interest. And I think that after this high school season into next spring, he's going to really see his recruitment continue to grow. But Harrelson continuing to get some really, really unique opportunities looking ahead to the next high school basketball season. Also, high school football this weekend. I know. Yesterday, we went through some of the recaps from over the weekend, since I wasn't on the air on Monday. But getting ready for Friday night, you've got Charlestown, who should have no problem bouncing back. They go to Scottsburg on Friday. The four and one Pirates will play the Warriors. Charles, uh, excuse me, Clarksville. They will be uh, playing host. Uh, this week to Perry Central, so another opportunity for the Pirates to pick up a win. They had a victory over Eastern Green last Friday night. Perry Central will come to town with a 4-1 and record, so they are a, a solid team and a big challenge for Clarksville. Floyd Central this week will host Columbus East, who had no problem crushing New Albany last Friday night. Jeffersonville still looking for their first win of the season, They will take on Silver Creek uh, this Friday night. Silver Creek has posted two victories in a row after a tough start, a loss to Charlestown in Week 1, a loss to Floyd Central, uh, in week three, the uh, Dragons have a 3-2 and two record getting ready to head into that game with Jeffersonville coming up this weekend. Uh, other Friday night games, New Albany will be at Bloomington North. That is another tough one for the Bulldogs. Bloomington North has a 2-3 and three record but has played a lot of the really good schools in 5A football. Providence, really the storyline of the area in high school football. We're going to talk more with Josh Cook about that later in our show today, but the Pioneers will go across the river uh, for a good battle with Holy Cross from Louisville. So a Catholic school battle, two schools really about the same size, and Providence, uh, I think the favorite as they head across the river this week to take on Louisville Holy Cross. That's a look at the schedule for Friday night of high school football. We are cruising through the season. There is absolutely no question about that. And before you know it, we will uh, be talking about uh, sectional pairings and who plays who and what the postseason potentially looks like. I still think Providence and Charlestown, the two front runners in the area that have a chance to make some noise in the postseason, but definitely uh, those are two teams to watch and see how they finish up the high school season coming up. We mentioned this yesterday, a lot of discussion with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, but if you missed it, IU did make an announcement uh, earlier in the week that they are going to sell beer beginning this season at men's and women's basketball games, uh, starting with Hoosier Hysteria on October 7th. It's been interesting to hear some of your all's thoughts. I think most people think it's about time, that uh, do not think it will cause a lot of problems. Someone forwarded me over a story that I just briefly skimmed through yesterday afternoon uh, that Really, uh, for schools that have added alcohol sales, there have not been any real trend or statistic that is alarming uh, that sees incidents uh, where police have to be involved or security has to be involved go up a great percentage or a great number. So hopefully that will be the cl- the case for uh, Assembly Hall at IU. Assembly Hall always has been a very classy place. Uh, to go for a basketball game. Obviously, the IU fan base can be very grueling, I'm sure, for opposing teams at time, But most people seem to really accept and uh, cheer on the decision for beer sales in Assembly Hall starting this season. And I mentioned earlier in the segment, media day for IU basketball is Thursday. So you're gonna see a ton of content, a ton of quotes, a ton of news come out about the IU team uh, from top to bottom on the roster, from the coaching staff, of course, with coach Mike Woodson as well. So that's gonna be a lot of fun tomorrow in Bloomington to get caught up with everybody in advance of the season. And that's really an opportunity to ask a lot of questions about this team. And its potential, and get uh, even a better read on things in advance of Hoosier hysteria and the start of practices and the upcoming season. That's a look at our headlines for this Wednesday edition of the program. I fail mentioned this yesterday, but I do want to give a shout out to some of the teams that won our Harvest Hoop Fest 3-on-3 Outdoor Tournament over the weekend. It's a program of Floyd County Parks and Recreation. It's also a Harvest Homecoming event as well. Really as young as third grade and as old as men 18 and over, uh, there were some great uh, great teams and great players in action over the weekend. The girls 3-4 division was won by a team called the Kentucky Ballers from over in Louisville. The boys' grades 3-4 division was won by a team called Kentuckiana United. The girls' grades 5-6 team was won by a team, Lady Dynamite. Boys 5th and 6th grade, some New Albany boys, for the most part, making up Team Elite. Also, some New Albany players won the boys' 7th and 8th grade game, FNO the winner there, and they beat a really good Indiana Elite team in that championship that featured some of Silver Creek's great 8th graders. So it was a good middle school battle here in the area area. The grades 9 through 12 the high school boys division was won by Team Era Sports which had three Jeffersonville players P.J. Douglas and Michael Cooper two of the guys that stood out for them this weekend. And the men's 18 and over division had some former great players here in the area and uh, that division was won by uh, the Team Southern Indiana entry. So uh, a lot of fun that tournament outdoors half court a lot of fun. Great environment. The court at kevin hammersmith park are fantastic and i think that's something that you're going to see grow i do sense a return of outdoor basketball you know three-on-three hoops is now an olympic sport and it's never going to get back probably like it was when they had the big street ball showdown and would shut down streets over in louisville but i do sense that there is some interest in playing outdoors and it's been fun to see our little three-on-three tournament over here grow so a shout out to the winners And for everybody who helped make that event possible, really, it's one of the kickoff events of the Harvest Homecoming Festival that begins here very soon in New Albany. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Dustin Dopierak of the Bloomington Herald-Times will join IU football in advance of their game Saturday against Cincinnati. A tough one coming up for the Hoosiers. The Hoosiers are a big underdog if you look at the betting line. We'll talk about that and more coming up with Dustin. Also still ahead, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News & Tribune on high school football and local sports. Stay with us. For all of that and more, this is The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Wednesday program. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald-Times is my guest. He's always with us on Wednesdays to talk IU basketball and football. Dustin, are you a G-Herbo fan? Does that make you more excited about attending Hoosier Hysteria on October 7?
3: You know, I, the, the few things have made me feel older recently than, than this. The, the, G, G-Herbo is a platinum-selling artist. Like, like, I saw this come up yesterday, and, like, I knew – just the thing is, is like when you react to this, like I have no idea that who that is. You instantly come off like an old bogey, and I am forty, so I'm getting there. Uh, but like, I didn't want to come off as like, man, like, oh, I'm, you know, I went to a Wu Tang show two weeks ago. Okay, like I, I have some cool points left, <laughs> but I'm old, um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to give this kid a sh- shot. I did watch a started watching a video of his on on YouTube last night, so I, I got at least have a clue. Like he, he's apparently a big enough deal that I should know who he is, and I'm starting to feel like. You know, man, like that—that this is definitely one of those. This is forty moments where I've never even heard that name. I've never never seen those two things together um, as the name. So, but apparently the kids love him. Um, so, and 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 obviously, getting to the point, that's all that matters. Um, you know, obviously, this event more than anything else is for the guys on the team and the recruits, and that's what it's for. And it's like whoever else is there is great, that's cool. Um, but ultimately, you're selling to the kids that are going to show up and watch that thing. You want to be able to show that you have a cool program. Um, and so, you know, like as far as is this a good idea or not, clearly is because they're clearly really ecstatic about it. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm I'm going to find have to find out who he is because I, I want to at least act like I'm somewhat cool when I'm at this thing.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Um, I, I'm curious, uh, the announcement of alcohol sales at other sports and now Assembly Hall, uh, that came earlier this week, and then something smaller like the, you know a platinum artist that you and I may not be familiar with, but a lot of these big-time recruits that Indiana is targeting and will have on campus for that event on October 7th, uh, sure know who G. Herbo is. Who's calling the shots on some of these more modern deals taking place at Indiana? Does it come from... Uh, Scott Dolson and his vision with the athletic department, or is somebody that is involved in recruiting these young men, helping get some entertainment that might excite them and make their visit even more enjoyable. It seems like some real modernization and some real changing thought on certain things right now in Bloomington.
3: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I don't know, it, like I don't know if there's a guy, but I mean, obviously, everybody's got to have a hand in it. And so, um, it, you know, obviously, as far as the alcohol is concerned, obviously, that's something they've had to evaluate for a long time. That's something that's sort of in uh, discussion points around the country that, that you would start to see a shift in college sports uh, towards them making alcohol available. And so, obviously, the fact that it, it says something, obviously, that they felt more comfortable about uh, having it available at football stadiums than they did um, in basketball. And they, obviously, they, they ran that trial, and they were still, they were still obviously waited for it for a while to say, okay, are we sure about this? Because there's a difference when it comes to basketball. I mean, there's some obviously geometric differences when you're talking about how far are the fans from the from the action, you know, from from the fans from the players themselves. Um, you know, is that going to be an issue? What kind of you know if you, you you know you run kind of a trial a, a trial through football and baseball and all those things and kind of see what happens. And and obviously football, I think, obviously is more of a trial, you know, point and say, okay, well. You know, it, it, I think Scott Dolson mentioned that, they, that there were there were fewer incidents, uh, basically in, in in part because you know you can get a beer in there, maybe you're not you know trying to knock down five more before you get in there, um, and that's you know maybe changes the way that you kind of approach tailgate. So they obviously were thinking about that. So that that's one that's been in the works for a long time. There's a lot of uh, people that had to be involved in that. Something like this, I mean, it, it, it could have come from the basketball program itself. Am I good? Yeah, go ahead, Matt. Okay. I was going to say, I mean, G Herbo himself, I mean, like that, that could have, that, you know, that, that's obviously something that could have just come from assistant coaches. You know, Mike Woodson might have said, hey, get get one of those rap guys, you know, like get, get somebody. They'll like it. It'll be great. Um, and, you know, or, or shoot players themselves might have said, hey, you know, uh, like, hey, <laughs> hey Coach, Coach Woodson, you know, uh, Kansas had, you know, Snoop last year. Can we get somebody? You know, like it would not have surprised me if that's how it went down. I mean, um, you know, I'll, 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 I'll raise a flag for my man Jeremy Gray over there, who's like in, in, in the marketing and media and all that kind of stuff, who were like, during his, uh, you know, he has to like read off promotions at like every day at Assemb- every game at Assembly Hall. Obviously, he's the PA guy now, and every time he does like his PA announcements, there's old school rap playing. It's usually like you know Dre or Biddy or something like that. So there is some level of I, I you know, shouts to Jeremy Gray for having some level of uh, you know hip hop understanding uh, up in the higher regions of that department. So that's that's another guy who might have something to say about it.
1: Yeah, good stuff. Dustin Dopierak, the Bloomington Herald Times, my guest. You know, IU Basketball Media Day is coming up on Thursday. That's always been a great day for guys like you and I because it produces so much content and gives everybody a chance to ask some questions and it's kind of at the perfect time. Everybody is ready for basketball. There's excitement around the the team and everything going on and so Thursday will be a chance to, to really drill in on some things. What's one or two big questions you have for Coach
3: Woodson or a specific player on thursday and we haven't talked to anybody in so long i haven't really sat down and like actually knocked some of those out and i really need to so i have a a better sense of what i'm trying to get out of thursday um but you know i mean i think you know i I think there's a lot of big questions about you know to ask mike obviously the fact that expectations have become a thing uh you know how how is he handling that part of it of, of of basically these guys deciding you know um uh, are these guys being put in position that they're the dark horse Final Four candidate and, and whatnot and Big Ten, you know, likely favorites and all that kind of stuff? When when this was not uh, the way that we were discussing the program last year, it's just it's it's a different approach. Uh, how are these guys different? How is he handling that? You know, how does he view this stuff? Um, you know, I'm I'm just interested. Yeah, I mean, basically, I want to see if I can get him to talk as much as possible about how he sees. This roster shaping up, and and who's going where? I mean, I think we we've done a lot um, uh, you know throughout this offseason of kind of uh, hypothesizing about you know who would play where and who would get what kind of minutes. You know, but Jordan Geron would be, a, be it more of a three or a four? Malik Reno would he be more of a four or a five? Um, you know, how does he view this group? Um, you know, positionally, and obviously the point of. Um, you know, basketball, it, basketball has become more positionless and that's what you want is more guys that are versatile. Um, but, but how is he viewing differently how he can use these guys, um, and, and this group and how those guys are developing and just kind of get a better sense of that. Um, you know, we, we you know, the, as far as the players are concerned, we did spend a lot of time talking to these guys in the summer um so we obviously got more of a sense of where these guys were going and 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 there are fewer unanswered questions because of that you know we got to talk to a lot of guys that i found interesting you know tamar bates jordan geronimo um you know we're some intriguing guys in general i would i think we want to hear some more from trace jackson davis um when we talked to all the freshmen got a sense of where they're at um so we're we're further along in this than we usually would be um, because of the opportunities that we were given this summer. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, I think it's just trying to get as much out of these guys as possible and get a sense of how, how their games are evolving um, and where that is starting to fit together.
1: Dustin Dopeirak, the Bloomington Herald Times. I think two of the players I'm most curious to, to hear what they have to say uh, is Xavier Johnson? Is he ready to be consistent and the threat that we think he all could be for Indiana this season? And also the freshman Jalen Hood-Shafino. I think you mentioned his name as well. Uh, you know what? What does a freshman year look like that is a success for him? Uh, I've heard nothing but raving comments about him even since he's been uh, on Bloomington in Bloomington, and, and obviously so we all saw some great things from him as a high school basketball player with what he and the team accomplished at Mont bird So those are two guys to me, Dustin, that I'm hoping guys like you that come up with the good questions are really able to extract some stuff from on Thursday.
2: Yeah, no,
3: absolutely. And honestly, we actually had an interesting off season, um, you know, off the field. So that's, that that is something that that you want to know. Okay, where's his head at? As far as that's concerned, Is he feel you know sort of finished? As far as that's concerned, with the fact that he you know was able to get the felony charge uh, you know basically wiped off the record, um, and how how is all that going to go? Basically, but but you know, I mean, how is he adapting to having jailing around? Uh, and how are those guys uh, playing together? So basically, what what kind of um, you know, uh, division of labor we're looking at there is basically how, how often do they expect to be able to play together um, and, you know, what how do they see the minutes sort of breaking down otherwise. So, you know, so it's an interesting point, an interesting question, because I, I think Huchifino is probably more suited to play two than X is, but he's more suited to play the one than he is the two. Um, so that's, I think, an interesting dynamic right there that, that you know, Huchifino, I think, is more of a point than he is uh, a two now, but, you know, if someone has to play the two, it's probably got to be him. So I think that's going to be interesting in terms of how they're going to shift that out. Um, Are are they going to play bigger lineups? So so, you know, like what what does that look like? How does that change the minutes for somebody like Tamar Bates? I mean, obviously the two and the three are are closely interchangeable, but um, you know, if if you're, you you know, are you going to have Jordan Geronimo playing the three? And if so, how much? Um, So I think that's kind of a lot of interesting in terms of how does each decision starting at one domino down, um, and to to figure out how you know sort of minutes shake out and how each of those guys
1: are going to relate together. Finally, the season feels like it's getting somewhat closer. Media Day on Thursday, Hoosier Hysteria on October 7, and then still some time between Hysteria and the start of the season. But as football season wears on, I think the attention and the itch for basketball grows by this fan base. I mentioned this yesterday on the show. It seems like every day or at least multiple times a week, there is some sort of new uh, good news or good projection on Indiana. I know that John Rothstein called the team a Final Four dark horse, which I think is good, good news to a lot of basketball IU fans' ears. But uh, so many of these publications are picking Indiana to win the Big Ten, and that is no surprise. Definitely there will be a different feel about Media Day and Hoosier Hysteria this year than what there has been for a number of seasons.
3: No, for sure. I mean, I think that that's kind of what I was getting at, at the beginning is that there's suddenly, you know, some level of expectation and it's, it's it, you know, you, you got to look at it as a drastic difference um, because, you know, you're still, um, you know, they haven't proven it um, basically is, is the thing. I mean, I think every, obviously everybody's looking at the potential for this roster, the potential for everybody's looking at uh, for, for what these guys can be. And, and they've been a tournament team and that matters. But I mean, you know, this, They're going to be just a drastically different, be viewed in a drastically different stratosphere. um, Then, and so it's like now, you know, again, it's not the same. And and I've tried to pump the brakes on some of this, just in terms of how we talk about it, write about it. Um, You know, like I wouldn't pick them for a final four. I mean, right now, I mean, I still this team's got to show me that it can shoot um, before I'm even attaching that phrase to this team because just so many pieces have to come together, and, and you just have not seen anything close to that yet. Um, you know, from this group in actual games, but um, you know they're they're going to have to just deal with the fact that a lot, a lot of people are going to expect them to be favorites. So they, you know, I, I think there was a, a clip uh, that they put out from you know just some conditioning that they were doing at Mellon Camp, and Tamar Bates was saying, you know, we're going to be the hunted now, um, and I, I think that's a sense that they that they have, and it's going to be interesting to see how they how they deal with that. You know, they're not going to be the hunted in the same way that thirteen you know the twenty thirteen was, for instance. You know, when, when they were, everybody knew they were in preseason number one, there's not going to be anything like that with this group. But still, there is going to be expectation and there is going to be a target. Um, and they haven't dealt with that before. Um, you know, anything close to it. And, you know, they, they weren't winning at a level at the end of last season that they were viewed in that light. And so it just by virtue of a lot of other people leaving the league, um, they're kind of up in that spot. Not totally by default. Obviously, you know, it matters that they kept these guys around and some guys have gotten better and, and you know, they've, they've obviously done a lot of work this summer. Um, but it, it is still a situation where they go from being, um, you know, again, just barely scrapping to get, get in the NCAA tournament, having to be uh, a play-in team. And now they're talking about, oh, can they be in the final four? I mean, that is just a drastic different, you know, sort of set of potential outcomes
1: talking with Dustin Dopirac of the Bloomington Herald-Times. He joins us Wednesdays on all things IU. Jalen Harrelson, I mentioned this earlier in our show and our headlines, from Fishers, a big target for the Hoosiers. He's in-state. His recruitment is growing. The Big Ten is on board. He's becoming a national-level recruit. He's been invited to the USA Basketball Minicamp for the national junior team, uh, basically a tryout to represent your country at a very young age and play in some international competition down the line in the future. Big honor for him, a great opportunity for him. We continue to see him rise up as far as his national stature. I think it's going to be a big, big race for IU and others that are involved with him and his recruiting. The good news for IU, Dustin, is I think Indiana's done everything they can to this point uh, to be a big player at the table, maybe to be one of the front runners very early on for a guy that's just entering his sophomore year of school. But he continues to rise in rankings and opportunity. And I think his recruiting will do nothing but continue to expand for the next year or so.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I only got to watch—I got to watch him a little bit this summer. And by a little bit, I mean I showed up at the event in Carmel um, where he was playing against uh, Xavier Booker. and I only got to see about a half of that game, but it was just jam-packed in there. Um, as you see, two guys that are going to be, you know, you know, tops in their class, um, basically, and obviously, in the end was after both of those guys. Booker goes to Michigan State, but you know, Harrelson. Obviously, it, it, Indiana is in a position, you know, where um, this is going to be one of the first guys that they can get to early under Mike Woodson. Uh, obviously, everybody else they've had to sort of jump in, uh, you know, and, and Archie Miller obviously had made some inroads, you know, with a lot of the in-state guys. But um, you know, it, it, in a lot of cases, Mike Woodson had to sort of jump in, maybe later than some other teams were involved, or, or pick them up later along the line when you're looking at 2023 kids and 2024 kids, uh, or even, and especially 2022 kids. So now you're looking when you're looking at these 2025s. These are the kind of in-state kids that would can get to build, start
2: building a relationship early
3: uh, in their in their high school careers. Get to get a sense of them, you know, when they're sophomores and juniors, and, and be around for a long time and take advantage um, of the you know of, of what you get by being the in-state school, by being the the uh, the school that you can always go see if if you you know maybe you got a game on a Friday night, but you can go see them on Saturday and go to a game and and, and do a you know, unofficial visit or whatever, and and just show up uh, and, and get a better sense of the program, and and, and it can feel like home. And basically, you, basically, you you make a, if you're Mike Woodson, you make as many of those opportunities available as you can, uh, and you get to play that game um, and and play the game that way. That and he hasn't had that kind of kind of home court advantage. With anybody yet, so it's going to be the first time he really gets to take advantage of that opportunity. Um, but you know, like you said, I mean, he is—he's going to be recruited by absolutely everybody. You know, it's—it's it, going to be one of those situations where there's there's nobody that he's that Mike Wilson isn't going to have to fight off uh, for Harrelson because he's just that advanced. I mean, just I, I think it's 6'6", six five six 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 seven with really good feel for the game. You know, really good. Um, body control, a guy that can sort of finish from everywhere, a guy can shoot the basketball, just everything you want in a perimeter player uh, at this point in the game. So uh, he's going to keep rising up, basically. I mean, he's going to be a guy that's going to be one of the top players in that class for sure. He's going to stay there. Um, you know, and, and shoot, I mean, <laughs> Fishers is going to have to keep him. I mean, that's not going to be easy. You know, he's going to he's going to get recruited by a lot of the leaders of the world and, and the Montforts and everybody else. So that's going to be tough to keep him in state before he even graduates. Um but it's, you know, it, it, is, it is good for, for, you know, they're doing everything they can now. Uh, they're going to have to fight for him, but they at least do have the home court advantage of being close to home and, and being a, uh, a program that he gets to get to know closely.
1: Absolutely, Dustin Dopeirak, my guest. Dustin, as we close out today, good news for Cody Zeller. The beloved former Hoosier has another NBA opportunity uh, with the Jazz. He's recently signed a contract, so it looks like uh, he'll uh, he'll be with the Jazz for the upcoming season. He's bounced around a little bit here recently. He had, what, a nose injury uh, that kept him out a lot at Portland last season was a hindrance to him. But staying in the Western Conference is Cody Zeller.
3: And it would have been Cody's nose, right? I mean, that's just like... That's, <laughs> like, hope Cody hears that someplace and laughs. He gets the joke. Um, but, yeah, no, I think um, he... Uh, yeah, no, it's, just, it's good for him just to be, just, just keep sticking on. Obviously, at the end of the day, he's got a lot of what... Um, the NBA wants an in big men right now. I mean, he's not necessarily going to be a dominant guy, but he he does a lot of things you need to do. He can always rebound. He can always run the floor. Um, and in you know the modern game, there's always going to be a place for him, someplace uh, on somebody's roster. So it's good that he keeps on keeping on. I you know, unfortunately, obviously, Utah is probably going to take a dip. Um, you know, just with having trade away Donovan Mitchell. You know, they're they're probably in for rebuilding. They're probably in for a scenario where they're kind of playing for uh, you know lottery picks uh, this season. But still, you know, like. The longer he gets to stick around, the better. Uh, And, you know, hopefully at some point he manages to to stick with a team that's going to, you know, make some noise in the playoffs. Uh, Because I I think he can, I think he'd be an impactful player. I think he can matter as a rotation guy, um, you know, for a team that matters. I think he's still been effective. He's not necessarily ever been dominant uh, at the NBA level, but he's been effective. He's been productive. uh, He's been valuable, I think, for a lot of the teams that he's played for. He could just, he could just use a break um, where he gets to stay on a team, and, and you know, that keeps somebody. Uh, you know, I think you know he he goes to Utah right after uh, they lose Donovan Mitchell. I mean, he was there when uh, you know the, the Hornets lost Kemba Walker, and I remember uh, uh, somebody did a story basically. He was he jokingly put up a lemonade stand. <laughs> outside of his apartment, trying to raise money uh, for Kemba's contract, that he honestly said, I think we're we're, we're probably going to take a dip if we lose Kemba. Um and That happened to some degree, and they haven't been terrible, um, but all the same, it definitely uh, pushed them back. But you know, um, Cody continues to have just a great personality. I think he's getting married this off, or yeah, I think he just got engaged. So you know, um, so like just a lot of good life things for Cody. Who's always just just a just a great dude, always was, and so you know. Always want to see good things for that guy.
1: Yeah, for sure. A great representative of Hoosier basketball, really of Indiana High School basketball as well. Dustin, thank you. It's always great to catch up, and uh, we'll talk with you again next week.
3: Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me.
1: All right, we'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, final segment of the day, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, high school football cruising along, and we'll talk about all the big Friday night games coming up this week and some other local sports topics with Josh, who does a great job covering everything for the News and Tribune. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Back, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, joins me Wednesdays as we talk through local sports headlines. And Josh, no bigger headline right now than Providence football. They are 4 0, as you wrote today, for the first time in 15 years, and are coming off a statement making win. 35-28 35-28 over Charlestown Friday night. It took place at Providence's Murphy Stadium. What a game. What a win for Coach McDonald and the program. I did not see the Pioneers winning that game. Uh, I thought Charlestown would run the table the rest of the way undefeated. I was wrong on both accounts. Kudos to Providence.
2: Yeah, yeah. How about those Pioneers, I guess, is what you got to say at this point. Uh, just uh, a huge victory, uh, like you said, for for – pioneers and coach mcdonald uh you know i didn't uh you know i didn't see it coming either to be honest with you you know i thought charlestown would would win that game and like you said go on to go on to run the table uh now providence has that has that opportunity i guess you know still still undefeated with uh with with uh, four games left so we'll we'll see what happens but uh uh yeah i mean just uh just a just a huge huge victory for uh for the pioneers and um yeah man it's uh you know it's that's uh it's the big the big victory that uh that that they've had the biggest victory they've had so far in probably a couple of years so you know that really uh, uh sets the table for them for the rest of the year you know as as you mentioned uh you know they're in the, they're in a new sectional this year in class a and you know they it's it looks it's competitive but you know they they should have a shot to win that thing so you know, maybe this is just the sign of things to come for the Pioneers this season. It'd be great
1: if we could have multiple teams win sectionals here in the area. New Albany did some good stuff last year with the unexpected run to the semi state, but to have multiple teams with good postseasons, I think, would be good for football in our area. And that's where I was headed. In this new sectional, 1A sectional 48 for Providence, can they win that thing? I haven't looked ahead to all of the teams in the field, but is Providence uh, with what you've seen so far and what you know about that field, would they be capable of being a contender in their new one, a sectional?
2: Oh yeah, definitely. I think they're definitely, uh, they would definitely be considered a contender, a contender, excuse me. Um, um, Tecumseh is in that sectional too. So they are, uh, they're undefeated at this point. they're, I think they're number nine in the AP poll, but so it, it's, it would come down to probably Providence at Tecumseh, uh, but uh, yeah, I think you know at, at this point you've got to you've got to like Providence's chances. You know, coming off a big big victory uh, over Charlestown, who you know Charlestown uh, should you know should be in contention for a sectional title, and it's in it's New Sectional. So uh, you know, it, I think uh, I think Providence is definitely uh, definitely has a chance, um, a good chance, you know, to, to at least make a make a run to the sectional final and you know have a shot at the have a shot at the sectional final
1: you know, Josh, as I look across the area teams, surprising. New Albany, who's played a tough schedule, 1-4 this season after a trip to the semi-state a year ago. Jeffersonville, they've had some better years recently, a sectional championship a few years ago, still winless at 0-4 on the season. And those two teams play down the road just a bit. But tough starts to the season from some
2: of the bigger schools here in our area. Yeah, yeah. And both those, you know, Jeff. Jeff has had some uh, some injury issues, and uh, you know they graduated twenty something kids, and you know New Albany uh, obviously graduated most of their skilled kids from last year, so you know they they've had a lot of uh, a lot of new kids and in new faces and new places, and they also lost Caden Watson, one of their one of their best players to season-ending injury. So you know it's it's been rough for for both those schools. Uh, yeah, they. Um, Jeffersonville had an opportunity to get off the get off the Schneid uh, this Friday night against Silver Creek you know the, the Jeff beat Silver Creek last year in in overtime in a thriller so you know we'll see if maybe the Red Devils can can put it together and uh you know be, beat the Dragons for the second straight year and uh yeah New Albany has uh had makes that makes that trip to Bloomington North uh this Friday night and then they they visit jeff next uh next friday night so you know uh, maybe one of these one of these two two weeks uh the bulldogs can get a victory but yeah they're uh both these teams are kind of still searching for uh, an identity at this point and uh you know maybe they'll maybe they'll find one here in the next couple of weeks
1: josh i want to go back to providence for just a moment we know the pioneers are 4-0 and but Holy Cross and Louisville, four and one. They have war, won four straight games since losing their opener. So uh, Providence doesn't go across the river to get a slouch. They're going to get a Holy
2: Cross team that's really been playing some good football themselves. Yeah, definitely not an easy game for Providence. You know, uh, uh, they, this is their third uh, Kentucky opponent and uh, their first two. Uh, games against Kentucky foes were difficult. You know, Barstown uh, Bethlehem was uh, – a was a quality opponent and, um, you know, preseason top top five, I believe, in their Class A. So, you know, that was a big victory. And then they, they beat Lloyd Memorial by one point. So uh, these these games against Kentucky. Opponents haven't been easy so far. So I don't expect Friday night's game uh, against Holy Cross to be easy either. But, uh, you know, I think Providence can win. It's just, you know, if they can continue to do the things that uh, they've been doing. I think last Friday night was their, I think Coach McDonald told me it was their first uh, turnover of the season against Charlestown. So they they haven't had a turnover at all until last week against Charlestown. So if they continue to to take care of the football like that, you know that's that's a good sign. But you know that's crazy. I think you said they were plus seven in the turnover turnover margin heading into that game. So you know that that's really impressive. And uh, if their offensive line can like it did against Charlestown, especially in the first half. You know, I I, I think they have a good shot, Um, you know, but I think it will be a very competitive game. Josh
1: Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh, uh, other local things going on. We had the three-on-three tournament over the weekend. Earlier today, I mentioned some of the winners from those games, from adults all the way down to youth. Need to see outdoor basketball. We've got great courts here in the area, not just at Hammersmith Park, but at some of the other local parks as well. But I do get the feeling, and Chad Gilbert and I have had some conversations on this show about this, but you know, everything comes back around, it seems, whether it's clothing or a style or a style. Or whatever it may be, and I do think outdoor basketball is somewhat making a return to the scene, at least locally.
2: Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I wish I could have uh, had a chance to come out there on uh, on Saturday, but yeah, I mean, outdoor basketball is awesome. I love it. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great thing, and you know, you guys have had some uh, uh, some great great events outdoors recently, so hopefully those can continue, but yeah, I mean, outdoor basketball is really a lot of fun, you know, going back to the, what the, uh, the old street ball showdown days of, uh, you know, in downtown Louisville, and uh, what the Wayne's World teams, right, from southern Indiana, so that's, uh, you know, there's there's quite a bit of history there with outdoor basketball in this area, so. You know, hopefully that uh, I can remember when I was a kid. You know, uh, community park used to have some huge, uh, some huge games. So uh, hopefully, outdoor basketball basketball. going making a comeback, and uh, you know, I, I I really like it a lot. You know, it's it's uh, it's a fun, it's a fun environment. You know, it's a fun, it's a fun thing to see. So hopefully, that can continue.
1: All right, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. You can read all of his coverage of local sports at newsandtribune.com slash sports and, of course, in the daily print edition of the paper as well. Josh, thanks for coming on. Enjoy high school football this Friday night. We're marching slowly to the end of the regular season, as crazy as that
2: sounds, and uh, we'll talk with you again next week. Yeah, only, uh, this is the four weeks left, so that is that is crazy. I can't believe it, but, uh, yeah, thanks so much. I appreciate it, Matt. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Josh Cook
1: with us Wednesdays here on the show. That's going to wrap up this Wednesday program. Don't forget you can always find us as a podcast. If you missed the live show, you can search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find full shows there. You can go back and listen to a specific segment or the full show. And no matter how you're with us, just glad you're along for the ride. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. Weekdays here at 11 a.m. on the Big X. We'll be back Thursday tomorrow. Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall will help get us ready for IU Men's Basketball Media Day in Bloomington. So we'll talk about that and uh, much more coming up on our Thursday program and back with you Friday as well. We have Dylan Wallace of the Seymour Tribune and Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star. They'll be with us in our Friday program. So lots of great guests. Very informative. We try to keep you up to date with everything IU basketball, IU football and local sports, high school sports here in Southern Indiana as well. And I appreciate all of you for listening to us. I know we got a lot of people that uh, don't miss uh, every single day and I'm very appreciative of you guys. We'll head out and uh, and hope you have a good Wednesday back with you tomorrow at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.